Hey, hey! My name is Stan and I really love traveling. And I love talking about it even more. So welcome to this episode of the podcast Traveling with Stan, where I take you on a tour of some of the most exciting cities around the globe. This time we visit a city in Poland that attracts more visitors every year than the nation's capital. Krakow, a city of dragons, legends, ancient history, arts, and a bustling cultural scene. You can spend days wandering its magnificent main square, get lost in the quaint alleyways of the historical center, take a trip to reveal the wonders and horrors of its past, and you'll still be left with plenty to discover later. So, let's dive right in. In this episode you'll discover why Krakow is the city of dragons and where the fire-breathing creature has its den today, which famous pope is associated with the city and why, and what famous soup you get at almost every dining spot in town. What has been a little bit from history. Krakow is located in the southern part of Poland on the banks of the Vistula River. Its rich history dates back all the way to the 7th century and it once used to be the capital of Poland. While that title now belongs to Warsaw, Krakow remains the country's second largest city and its veritable cultural center. It's a place of historical landmarks, the seat of the country's oldest university, it has an impressive number of museums and art galleries and a vibrant food and bar scene. For the Poles, it is known as the City of Kings and Dragons for that matter, but I'll get to that later. Nevertheless, it used to be the place of coronations and royal funerals and you'll find traces of its noble history scattered all over the city. Mainly, of course, in its old town. This is also the heart of the city and the place to which all the tourists flock. And for a good reason. Even if you aren't, necessarily, a history lover, you'll be charmed by its atmosphere of times long gone. But history wasn't always kind to Krakow. Well, as history almost never is. After centuries of, what can be called as Krakow's golden era, when the king and the nobility resided here, it then became part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Then the dark hand of recent history struck down on the city and plunged the city into Nazi hands during World War II. Leaving it torn, devastated, and shattered with most of its considerable Jewish population relocated to the ghetto before being wiped out in concentration camps. But, the city rose again, survived the following communist era, and is now livelier than ever. When you'll explore it, you'll undoubtedly stumble upon these different layers of its past as many have been impressively preserved to this day. Krakow is usually the busiest in summer and late spring, but it is in fact a city to visit on any occasion. And while it has its own international airport with flights from all over the world, many people choose to visit it by train, thanks to its good connections to other attractive cities in the Central European region, such as Prague, Vienna, Bratislava, or Budapest. Do not miss! As I've already hinted in my introduction, the old town is definitely the place to go. And it's a great point to start your visit. Not only does it house the main historical and cultural sites, but it is also the place to just sit back, enjoy a coffee or a good meal and watch the world, and people go by. And the place to do just that is the main market square, or Reinecklone. The biggest medieval square in Europe with around 40,000 square meters, the size of more than five football fields, and a UNESCO heritage site. In fact, it was one of the first 12 sites to be recognized by UNESCO along with the likes of Yellowstone Park or the Galapagos Islands. The square is dominated by Sukianus, the Cloth Hall, what is by many seen as a predecessor of shopping centers. Today, you'll mostly find it filled with souvenir shops, 
but it once used to be the place where merchants came to sell their goods. Upstairs is now the Krakow National Museum with a collection of 19th-century Polish artwork. There are so many sites worth mentioning located in the square that it would, probably, take me a whole separate episode to go through them. And it would take you a number of days to visit them. So, I'll just briefly mention a few more and leave the rest of the square to you to discover. There's Krakow's Leaning Tower, a 70-meter structure that was once part of the town hall and that slightly tipped off to the side some 55 centimeters after a severe storm some 300 years ago. It's not quite the Pisa Tower with its almost 4-degree tilt, but still an interesting curiosity. St. Mary's Basilica, on the other hand, has been standing solid and strong since the 14th century and has one of the most amazing church interiors you'll ever see. Not to mention the world's largest late Gothic altar. And why not make it to the top of its tower for some breathtaking views? Although almost 300 steps that you'll need to take to get there might just as well take your breath away too. Good to get a nice 15-minute workout in though. Last, I want to mention the most recent addition of things to do and see at the square, which is the Reinach Underground Museum. Not long ago, excavation works at the square unearthed amazing ancient treasures that can now be observed in the museum. But not only that, its interactive excursion will transport you into what life was like in the city starting from the medieval times. But, if you just feel like sitting around in a cafe watching people, that is also a great way to spend a morning or afternoon at the square. Another top site however lurks just nearby. So, if you're ready for some more historic sightseeing, make your way through one of the old streets towards the magnificent Wavell Royal Castle. Perched on top of a hill overlooking the river, it used to be the main residence of Polish kings for centuries. And it has all of which you would expect from such a castle, let alone one that is the second largest in Poland. There are the royal apartments and staterooms, the treasury and armory and lavishly decorated interiors to admire, as well as some other exhibitions. On the castle's grounds, there's also the famous Wabel Cathedral. Famous not only for the Poles, as it was the place where kings and queens used to be crowned but also buried. But the cathedral is also the place where one of the most famous Poles, the late Pope John Paul II, served as an archbishop before taking on the papal role. There's also one more special thing that you'll notice at the cathedral. And that is the huge bones of a creature that is said to have once terrorized the city. Yes, you guessed it, it's our friend the dragon again. And I promise, I will tell you the whole story in just a little bit. Anyhow, when you're done exploring the castle and cathedral, take a stroll through the castle gardens for a bit of fresh air. The next sites I'd recommend for a visit will be a bit different although they do come with their own share of history, the sad but the triumphant too. The first is the Casimir's district, a former Jewish quarter, now a busy, lively, hype area that is well worth a visit. What used to be a bustling artistic quarter where some 60,000 Jews used to live before World War II, quickly became an eerie abandoned place as they were forced to move out to the ghetto. Less than 3,000 survived and the entire neighborhood was left uninhibited for decades. However, life did win over terror, and it now pulses through Casimir's again. Currently, it is actually one of the hippest places in Europe and the one to go to for the best restaurants, bars, cafes, small artisan shops, and even street food. It is so popular that in summer it is almost as hard to find a free table here as it is at the main market square. But hey, you can always grab a bite to go and find a spot in the shade of a nice tree. The plight of Jews in Krakow brings me on to another recommended site, which is Oskar Schindler's Enamel Factory. 
I'm assuming you've seen the film by Steven Spielberg. If not, watch it. And then come and see the place where Oscar Schindler managed to save over a thousand Jews hiring them to work at his factory. The museum inside, of course, tells the whole story. It is a little bit away from the center in Podgors, but easy to get to by public transport. And, while you're there, you can also visit the neighboring Mokak Museum of Contemporary Art with its modern art collection situated in one of the most interesting new buildings in town. Fun Fact Finally, I am getting to the story you have all been waiting for. At least, I hope. The story of the mighty dragon, Smokwalski that lived in a den under Wavel Hill and terrorized the people of the city demanding to be fed. Luckily, one brave man devised a plan, tricked the dragon into eating a dead sheep filled with sulfur. Needless to say, that didn't go down well with the beast's digestion and when he wanted to ease the pain by drinking water from the Vistula River, the gases made the dragon explode. Now, back to our visit to the Wavel Cathedral. The bones at its entrance are supposedly those of the killed dragon, although it is more plausible that these actually came from a mammoth or a whale. However, you can go and explore the den below the castle where the creature allegedly lived. And you might even stumble upon the dragon statue by the river that breaths fire every few minutes. Try this! There's so much variety and great food to be had in Krakow that you'll be spoiled for choice, including the hearty but tasty Polish cuisine itself. So, let me start right with that. If you've never been to Poland, then, of course, there's the obvious Polish dishes to try. Such as, pierogi, which are dumplings filled with meat, cabbage, potatoes, or there are even sweet varieties. The dumplings are then either boiled in hot water or fried before being served. Another must is the borscht soup made from beetroot. Now, while this has many varieties in the Eastern and Central European region, the Polish borscht version is more of a thin, broth-like kind of soup which goes excellently with pierogi. You can get both in one of the traditional Polish restaurants anywhere in the city, especially around the old town. As I mentioned before, Kazimierz district is quite popular for restaurants and cafes, as well as street food. And this would be a good place to taste Sapiakanka, the original Polish street food staple that was well popular even before the term street food was coined. Zapiakanka is essentially a baguette sliced in half and then topped with mushrooms, ham, cheese and a dollop of ketchup before being put under the grill to toast. It's served hot and it's a great, albeit a simple snack, to grab on the go. Think of it as a Polish equivalent to pizza or kebab and very popular with the locals ever since it was introduced in the 70s. So, now that you've filled up, let's move on to some of the less touristy parts of Krakow. Act like a local. Staying for a while on the topic of food, let me introduce you to one of the most upcoming spots to grab a good bite and the alternative scene place in Krakow, the Hotel Forum. This massive concrete structure, built in the 80s, was once one of the most modern buildings in the city. Becoming abandoned and left to rot since 2002 before getting a breath of fresh air again just recently. See, how this is quite a recurring theme in Krakow. The lower part of Hotel Forum and its surrounding has been restored into what is now called Forum Przestrzeni, a cultural space and a venue for music, food and lounging around to enjoy the views of the Vistula River. It's especially popular in summer when it stays open till late night hours. On the topic of concrete buildings and socialist era, Nawahuta is an interesting neighborhood to explore. 
a former utopian socialist project that was meant as a showcase of urban planning for masses, it is intriguing with its distinctive architecture and five large boulevards running from its core, the central square. If modern concrete spaces are not quite your thing and you're craving some outdoors, then I have another tip for you. Zakarzawek is a hidden green gem located right in the city and not far from its center by bus or tram. It used to be a former quarry and is now a reservoir filled with water and surrounded by lush green nature and rocks where people like to hone their rock climbing skills. There are barely any tourists here, but the place is popular with locals especially during the warm months when people come here to swim, sunbathe, or even dive. My last tip to experience Krakow as a local is to get around on foot or use the public transport. That way you'll get to see more and find more by just wandering around the city and soaking up its amazing atmosphere. Or, alternatively, get the Wavelo app, rent a city bike from one of the 150 bike stations all over the town and paddle your way through it. I hope I've convinced you to consider Krakow for your next travel adventure. And sorry for my terrible Polish pronunciation. As you can hear, I am far from being a native speaker. You can find all the information from this episode at TravelingWithStan.com, where you can also find other podcasts from our series. If you like this one, don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss out on the next episodes. We are on the socials as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review or rate us on Spotify. It means the world to us. Pun intended.